Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined, as always, by my ever-vigilant wife, Betsy. Mm. Hello, everybody. Ever-vigilant. Betsy, one thing I admire about you is you you get out of bed, and it's like it's the middle of the day for you. Yeah, you're just true. ready to. You could do calculus. You could do three thousand push-ups. <laughs> Hit the ground running. It doesn't really matter. You know, it, it inspect the the nuclear codes. It wouldn't matter. I would trust you to do it at five in the morning. Thank you. Ever vigilant. Yes. And that does relate to our episode today because this is the second of a two-part episode on sleep, specifically why sleep matters. You know, Bets, as we all know, every mattress company in the universe has told us this. We do spend about a third of our lives sleeping. Hmm. That's a long time. It is. A third of our lives. So if you live to be 90, you're going to spend 30 years sleeping. If you add in the amount of time that you are trying to go to sleep, it's actually higher than 33% of your life is related to sleep. So in the first episode on, on why sleep matters, we talked about why Americans aren't sleeping as much as we used to, at least, and, and why we're not sleeping enough. And this has been studied. This is uh, We have all the stats on this. Americans are now sleeping one and a half to two hours less per night than we were in the 1960s. Hmm. Would you have guessed that, Bets? Would you have thought that? Uh, I'm not surprised. I feel like Netflix has single-handedly accounted for a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, the people in the 60s were way more disciplined with Netflix, right? They yeah. just they just walked away. They they, they stopped said, after no, one episode. We're not I'm not doing that next automatic episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're sleeping less. It sounds funny. Okay, we sleep 2 hours less than our grandparents or whatever. But sleep matters. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about. I I think that sleep is not something that you often hear much about. Except every now and then we'll run across an article like, how does, you know, here's five things to do to help, yeah, help I you think, sleep better. I think you don't think about sleep until you can't sleep. Exactly. It's like the whole thing of you never think about the function of your shoulder until Until you have it a hurts. shoulder problem. Yeah. Oh, then yeah. you're like, oh no, my shoulder does so much. Yep. It's the same with sleep. It's you the don't, same with sleep. You don't think about sleep until you have a sleep problem. Until you, and, or yeah, or until you're tired or whatever. Well, I'm guessing that everybody knows this. But sleep's really important, and it matters for our health in lots of ways. For example, if you don't get enough sleep, you're more likely to develop heart disease or diabetes. Um, There's literally dozens of ways that your health is diminished through a lack of sleep. And of course, then there's the fact that if you don't get enough sleep, it does affect your daytime behavior. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing many of us know this, but here's something that really surprised me. The amount of car accidents caused by a lack of sleep. Mm. Listen to this. It's estimated that drowsy driving is responsible for 20% of all car crashes in the United States. And that's from the CDC, Mm. Centers for Disease Control. And they also reported in one survey that 4% of adult drivers reported they had fallen asleep while driving in the last 30 days. Yep. So you drive past 100 cars, four of those people were asleep in the <laughs> in the last month. Or maybe asleep right then. They could be asleep right then. They were asleep in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> all right. And here here's just one other study. Uh, this is from 2002 from the National Sleep Foundation. Uh, said that 50% of U.S. adults admitted to having driven a motor vehicle while drowsy in the previous year. And in this, in this study, 
22% of males and 12% of females admitted to having fallen asleep at the wheel in the previous year. Yikes. So roughly one in five guys has fallen asleep while driving in the last calendar year. I was going to say too, sometimes you end up at home and have you ever had this experience? You're like, how did I get here? Sometimes you totally just, had that. I don't know if it's like you're yep. kind of in the twilight or, you, yep. or you're thinking about something yep. so much or something, yep. but that's also bad because you're like, gosh, I hope I didn't go through any red lights. I mean, I think it's bad. I think it's also driving has become so second nature to you yeah. that there's a part of your subconscious brain that is just- It's on taking, autopilot. It's on autopilot. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's bad. We need a sleep expert here to tell us. Yeah, it seems if, kind of if that's bad. But great. I have absolutely had that experience. So one thing I would say to our audience is, hey, don't mess around with sleep. You could kill someone. I mm-hmm. mean, you could or, or you could harm a loved one. And the whole thing about driving while you're drowsy, it, you know, we all know about alcohol and DUIs or driving while, imp- while impaired. But a lack of enough sleep mm-hmm. is an impairment in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think, I mean, who hasn't had the experience of needing to pull off the road at some point because you're so tired? You're like, I can't drive anymore. I'm not safe. Right. Pull off the road. Okay. Well, listen, our audience, you guys can all find lots of information on the health effects of a lack of sleep from the internet. You don't need to hear that from us. But here's the angle that we want to take today. Why sleep is a spiritual issue. Hmm. Okay. The, The point I want to bring up today that we want to talk about is that it's easy to think of sleep as simply this physical thing that we have to do, just like we have to eat or we have to breathe or whatever. But as Christians, I want us to think about this, that sleep is a spiritual issue that God cares about our sleep habits Hmm. because our sleep habits reflect how we live our lives and what we think about our limitations. Interesting. So, Bats, have you heard of this thing, this movement called transhumanism? No. Has this come up? Nope. Okay. Well, you will increasingly hear about it more and more, okay? Uh, you've heard of the movie Terminator, right? I mean, you know... I've never watched it. I grew up in a house robots. with all girls. We you did. guys, you girls, you girls we weren't did. watching having Terminator parties? And- we did not care about that stuff. We watched Little House on the Prairie. You know, we watched... Little Women. Yeah. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think there's not any, Terminator. I don't think there's any cyborgs in Little Women. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen, the online English dictionary of Oxford University defines transhumanism as follows. Here it is. The belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. Hmm. So this is the belief that as we become more and more advanced, as technology grows, you know, that I think it's, I don't know if it's called Murphy's Law or something, that the speed of computers doubles every two years or four years, or that's not Murphy's Law, that is... One of our listeners will correct me here, but there is there is a law that you know that's not you know the same as science, but it talks about how the rate of change of technology, yes, the I rate know what of advancement about. of a you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's some examples about transhumanism. It's the belief that we will increasingly become part robot. Uh, for example, microchips being implanted within us that mm. would allow our minds to directly transmit what we are thinking to a computer screen. Or, or things of that nature. I don't get that. Yep. I have heard that Elon Musk is working on a chip implantation uh, even now as we speak. It's not like brain waves come with words, though. I don't get that. Well, I mean, I think you're you're thinking too small, Bets. I, I guess mean, so. I mean, this stuff, 
I, I don't think this stuff is too far-fetched. I mean, that's why, that's why we have this movement. Mm. And this is definitely an area of bioethics. Mm. I mean, what is... Okay, our producer, it's called Moore's Law. Yes. Moore's Law. Yes, Moore's Law. Producer in studio, Billy Grooms, thank you so much. Moore's Law (laughs) is what that technological law is called. But what what we want to do here, folks, we want to highlight the fact that we as, as human beings were made in God's image. Part of what that comes with is limitations. And we are moving more and more toward the integration of technology into our actual biology. Mm. Here's what I'm saying, Betts. Not just that we use technology, but that we are technology. Mm. Okay, if you think about it, a pacemaker is technology. Sure. If you think about it in a way, a smartphone, for many of us, it might as well be glued to our hand. Mm Mm-hmm. It might as well just like pop out of our palm, mm-hmm. you know, which maybe is going <laughs> to like retractable, you know, re- cool. a retractable smartphone. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, and, and Google member Google, Google Glass from a few years ago. I mean, yep. I, don't, I don't think those ever took off. They were yep. kind of no, laughed off the market. But I but. think I think they are finding a different use for that. And I've also seen a pair of glasses now that has a tiny uh, speakers implanted that apparently creates a really cool listening experience. Wow. And they look just like glasses. Ah, okay, so crazy. yeah, so it's coming. Yep. So let's connect this to sleep. For many people, they see sleep as a hindrance to their lives. Hmm. I think many people do. Yes, Many I agree. people, have you ever thought that, Bets? Oh, all the time. I mean, I, I'm not a big, I don't enjoy sleep because I like to do stuff. And yep, I, yep, because you're so low energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you want to teach like another five fitness classes? Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. So no, I, I recognize that sleep we have to have it, but at the same time, I'm I'm the type of person who doesn't who sees it as a necessary evil. I guess. Sure, sure. And I, you, you wouldn't be alone. Lots of people think. Imagine how much more I could get done mm-hmm. if I didn't have to sleep. And there are people who have pushed the limits of not having to sleep. Oh, absolutely. And there are people. I, I would say our culture is constantly trying to push the limits of how little we need to sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Red Bull, five-hour energy. Right. There's obviously everybody's favorite coffee. So uh, all of us are, have had that thought of, man, like I'm losing one-third of my potential productivity mm-hmm. because I have to sleep. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to say. Here's the big point on sleep being spiritual. I don't think that sleep is something that the human species was necessarily meant to conquer. Hmm. Rather, I think we should consider it as part of the God-ordained limitations that God has put on us. And and in many ways, it's a check on our pride. Yes, It makes me think of the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of humans saying, hey, we're going to reach the heavens. There's going to be no limit to what we can do. And here's why I have this thought is because the Bible does not speak negatively about sleep. Mm. Now, the Bible speaks negatively about slothfulness about laziness, yeah, if you just want to lay in bed all day and watch Netflix, sure, the Bible says that's not good. Mm-hmm. But the Bible does not speak negatively about sleep itself. In fact, if you start to research the word sleep and Bible and, and rest and those sorts of things, you'll find that sleep is depicted as a reward for those who put their trust in God. Mm. So Psalm 127.2 said, says, God grants sleep to those he loves. So we're, we're prone to see sleep as this nuisance, as this annoyance, instead of approaching it as sleep as a reward for 
working hard. Hey, I'm all about work hard, play hard, sleep hard. Hmm. I'm all about all three of those. But many times we, we, we don't want to deal with that third one. And also sleep is a part of being human. Absolutely. It's a part of my humanness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Betts, I want to share three reasons why I believe sleep is a spiritual issue. Okay. Get your comments on it. And then we'll do a little bit of a diagnostic test on how do you know if you're sleeping enough? Okay. So first one, here we go. Sleep is spiritual because accepting our need of sleep means accepting our limitations. Mm. Okay. That's why we believe that part of being made in the image of God is that we do have certain limitations. Yes, we've been we've been blessed with incredible powers, incredible abilities. You know, if you look at all the other creatures of the planet, but that doesn't mean that we're God. That doesn't mean we can do anything we want. And of course, pride is a balloon that will just keep filling and will just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in our lives if we let it. Mm-hmm. And so sleep is a recognition of our limitations. And there's really two kinds of people who don't get enough sleep on a consistent basis. Okay. Here, so here's here's what I would call legitimate or reasons to not get enough sleep or good reasons to not get, a, get enough sleep. Some people have a very demanding work schedule. Okay. Now we'll touch on that later because hopefully you can change that if you do. But some people, because of work, especially if you're in a season where you have to travel, uh, some folks, if you have a new baby in the house, mm. hey, look, that's... Wow. <laughs> You've got nothing <laughs> to say. Enough said on that. <laughs> Enough said. You got a baby. You ain't going to be sleeping like you're used to sleeping. Nope. Sleep like a baby is such a joke. Why do people say that? I don't know. Babies are not good sleepers. They're not. Well, most of them aren't. I and think they, it's they because they sleep be good so much. I think uh, that's uh, yeah. that's why. But, but in when terms people of, say he's sleeping like a baby, that usually means like a peaceful, quiet. Yeah, you're yeah. right. The person should just start screaming, you know, <laughs> and like ah, you know. Um, okay, <laughs> maybe maybe you have anxiety issues uh, that need to be treated, or perhaps you have a health issue like sleep apnea, which is undiagnosed, and and that's impeding your sleep. Hmm. So so those would all be I'd call legitimate reasons why you're not sleeping well. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't address them, but legitimate. And if, if you have a baby, here's how you address it. You just hang in there. Yeah, that's right. They'll sleep one day. <laughs> They'll sleep one day. Okay. But but what I would call bad reasons to not sleep enough are just because you don't want to. Because, you know, you, you want to watch TV late into the night. Mm-hmm. You want to be lazy. You want to surf the internet. Or you're you're such a workaholic that you just can't step away. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to answer every email before you go to sleep at night. You can't ever leave anything for the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, you're not getting enough sleep. That's a spiritual issue to me. Right. Sure. Or That's, you don't get enough sleep because you're up late and doing stuff, and then maybe the next day you you treat your family in a way that's crummy because you're grouchy. That's right. That's a direct outworking of making the choice to not get enough rest. That's right. So for those who, it's not because they have a health issue or anything like that. They're just making a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's not a good reason. All right. So the second reason sleep is a spiritual issue is that when we sleep, we surrender ourselves to God's sovereign rule in our particular lives and in the world at large. Mm. And let me reflect on this first for a moment. Psalm 121.4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Mm. So here's the truth. We can sleep, and we can sleep peacefully because God never sleeps. Mm. And it may seem obvious to us, well, of course God never sleeps, but if you think about it, pretty much all biological life, in fact, I haven't been able to think of any biological life 
that doesn't either have a state of sleep or a state of dormancy, some sort of state of rejuvenation, hmm. God never needs to have to be reju- rejuvenated. He, he's like the sun. He's like the brightness and his glory and his power. It's always emanating. It's never dissipating. It's never weakening. And because of that, because that's the God that we serve, we can sleep at night saying, you know, I don't, I don't know how this meeting's going to go tomorrow. Maybe you have uncertainty with your job. Maybe you have uncertainty with your health. Maybe you don't know what's going on with your kids. But you can say, well, my work for this day is over but that's okay because God's work is not done. Hmm. So when we sleep, we we might think nobody's got their hands on the wheel right now, but God does. Hmm. He's watching. He's still working. He His energy is never uh, expended, and so we don't have to worry hmm. because sleep is a spiritual issue because when we sleep, we surrender ourselves to God. Okay, those are two reasons, Bets. Why sleep is spiritual. Now, let's give our audience real quickly three things that they can ask themselves. We can ask ourselves about, am I getting enough sleep? First, ask yourself this question. Do I consistently get the amount of sleep that my body needs? All right? Now, this the wording of this question matters. All right, first of all, consistently. That doesn't mean that you're never going to have nights where you don't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're going to uh, not have bad nights. Everybody's going to have bad nights, maybe a nightmare, maybe you ate some w- really spicy food <laughs> at 11 p.m. Uh, maybe, you, <laughs> maybe you watched one too many of the Netflix show that you like and, or and you, you can't stop thinking about it. You have a conversation that's really like... Um, oh, yeah. Very vigorous right yeah, before you bed and, and then you can't shut are off. deciding to sell your house. Yeah, like right, right before. Yep, yeah, and you just can't, you can't... Okay, so all that is normal. So the key word here, though, is consistency. Now, Bets, do you know the average amount of sleep an, uh, an adult needs? No. Yeah, if you were going to answer it, you'd say like 17 minutes. But <laughs> no, it's seven, that's, that's it's, not enough. It's seven to nine hours. Mm. Okay, that's the norm. That means some people are less, some people are more. I think we all know this. Teenagers need more than nine. Mm-hmm. If you've got a teen, they um, seven to nine is not enough. They should be getting more like you know nine to 12. But people fall on both sides of those spectrums. So you need to say for yourself, uh, how many hours am I getting my seven to nine? Maybe maybe you fall on another end of that spectrum. As people get older, sleep does get harder. Okay, so so people who are who are elderly do have different um, areas of sleep that I won't get into that they struggle with. But there's a real simple way you can test how much sleep you need, and it's called the vacation test. So mm. here it is, Bets. Mm. Imagine um, that you're on. Uh, a beautiful desert island. You've got pina colada in your hand mm. or whatever you prefer and no kids. And um, you have no activities at night. You go to bed at a normal hour. What time would you wake up in the morning? Mm. Would you, if you just went to sleep, you said, I'm not setting the alarm clock. I have no worries. What time would you wake up in the morning? The time that you would naturally wake up in the morning if you went to bed at a reasonable hour is the amount of time that you need. Hmm. Uh, of sleep. So there are some people who would wake up at five in the morning and be like, sweet, I'm on a desert island. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to have a devotion. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go pick coconuts. I don't know. Try to catch a monkey, something like that. (laughs) But a lot of other people would say, no, I want to sleep till eight or nine or something like that. The most people are seven to nine hours. You're, You're only one of those exceptional people 
if when there are times where you can sleep later, you choose not to, and you still feel great. Mm-hmm. So there is a category of sleepers that scientists call short sleepers. Short sleepers are people who only need four to six hours of sleep per night, and they wake up the next day and they feel amazing. They're great. They're refreshed. They can do anything. Their mind is sharp. There's there's even a genetic component they, that they have found to the, this category of people. Uh, but the, this category of people can literally sleep four hours and feel perfect. Mm. Bets, you want to make a guess about how many people scientists are estimating are true short sleepers? Probably not that many. One <laughs> percent. Oh my goodness! Now here's something crazy. I read I read an article online that said something like thirty or forty percent of people believe they're short sleepers. Interesting. So I think what's going on is there's a lot of people out there who sleep four hours and then dump a pot of coffee on their heads and and they're thinking like yeah I'm great I'm one of those people you're really not yeah um that that's a truly exceptional category and I think too your vacation test though that needs to be done in a that would that would apply to a season where you're not chronically sleep deprived for some reason like if you have a new baby oh yeah then you're gonna sleep much longer than you would normally but you're saying under normal circumstances I'm saying under normal circumstances Mm -hmm. if you can try to create a controlled environment as much as possible and and see um, how much your body would sleep but my point is that most people need seven and nine Mm -hmm. okay here's the second question Um, the first question is do I consistently get the amount of sleep my body needs the second question is uh, if you answer no to it, ask yourself this, why don't I consistently get the amount of sleep that my body needs? Again, examine what's going on in your life that is preventing you from getting the amount of sleep that you need. Why is that? Mm. Can, is there something that you can change? And that really takes us to the third question, which is, is my l- consistent lack of sleep the result of a deeper issue in my life that I'm not addressing? Mm. Uh, is it a, r- a result of anxiety or or a struggle or a fear or a bad habit? If it is, let's, let's treat that as a Christian issue in our lives, and let's say that's something that you need to get addressed. Mm. And let's remember this. There are, there are people who are millionaires, and they have trouble sleeping at night because their hearts are filled with anxiety about the stock market or about their investments or whatever. And then there are Christians who are in labor camps, and they go to sleep at night with peace because ultimately their heart is fixated upon the Lord. Mm. So sleep matters. Sleep's a spiritual issue. And I hope that everybody sleeps well. Mm. Betsy, what have you been reading recently? Well, um, I am reading a book called The Eleventh Day, the full story of 9-11 and Osama bin Laden. Mm. So I've been kind of on a 9-11 kick recently. Okay. This is by Anthony Summers and Robin Swan. I recommended this for a, a book group that I'm in with some friends. And then I, I the, the problem was I was only looking at it on Kindle. I realized that this, page, this book is like 600 pages. So sorry <laughs> to my book club. Hope you can do that in a month. The old Kindle trap. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but it's a it's a great book. Very, very interesting. Very thorough, obviously, with that number of pages. So thanks for listening today, everybody. Um, we have exciting news. We've just started a new Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We would love for you to come and find us. Um, if you just search Intersect Podcast or Intersect Podcast of NEPC, 
it should pop up. Come and join. We're going to post some interesting food for thought and um, articles that we reference in our episodes and that kind of thing. So we'd love to have you join us. We're also at Intersect Podcast on Instagram. Send us an email if you have any feedback for us. It's intersect at neprez.com. Intersect at anyprez.com. And we would love to have any feedback or any questions you have. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear comments, quotes, suggestions. Maybe you have thoughts about this topic, yes. sleep, or or another topic that would be beneficial to our audience. We'd love for you to share it. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you next time.